Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Soul Authentic Podcast. My name is Lynn, the host and creator of Soul Authentic, and boy has it been an interesting couple of weeks. I took a short hiatus because I've been focusing on school. I am finishing my last semester at a college in San Diego, finishing my doctorates in Chinese medicine and acupuncture. So there's a lot going on during these last couple months, but in particular these last couple of weeks, I've just really needed to hone in and focus. And so I am back and ready to just speak and share what is alive and be able to bring on new guests that are going to just share so much of their wisdom and their path. I'm definitely being called to bring on people who are doing the work, really getting their message out there, people who are really anchored into their medicine. And so I have some amazing interviews coming up. This interview that I'm going to share today is going to be with a special guest. His name is Kyle Lamb. I met him and actually watched him virtually on the Sound Healing Summit. And I was just so intrigued by his story and who he is and what he's doing in his community now, bringing sound healing out to so many people and how he's just reaching so many people through social media and just in person with the events he's doing. So I'm so beyond excited to share this. I'm so excited to share his journey. I'm so excited to just have this conversation go out there because Soul Authentic is a stage for people to come on to share their message, to inspire other people, to live authentically to their soul essence. That is the reason why I made Soul Authentic was because not only being a platform where we can talk about spirituality, we can talk about the intersection of spirituality in all things, and also talk about just life and the energetics of what is happening and be able to be seen in that, be able to be felt and supported in that as well. And so I'm so excited to also have guests come on who are so aligned with that mission, so aligned with helping people feel good in their bodies, helping people come back to their most authentic ways of being and the guests that I have recently interviewed definitely align with that. So I'm so excited. And before we get started, I am going to talk a little bit about the energetics of what has been happening in these last last weeks and how we are actually moving through so much transition. Uh, we have been in the last couple of years, but Right now, we are really anchoring into changing the material, physical realms. The reason why I'm saying that is because there are many planets within the Earth signs. So so in Capricorn, we have Pluto. So collectively, we have the planet Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, rebirth, death. And it's actually going to peel away you know when we're talking about pluto and death in terms of pluto we're not talking about literal death we are actually talking about a unveiling or a peeling back of layers that might need to be let go in order for you to shine your authentic radiant light so that is what i'm talking about in terms of pluto so pluto is in capricorn and capricorn is an earth sign it is the sign that it's going to rule business and the earthly plane and just being able to set goals and make those goals, it's going to be 
the most earthliest, earthy thing, right? Uh, being able to use that kind of force that you have to make things happen, to build things, to create structure, and all of that. Then we also have Taurus, which is another earth sign. It is the sign that rules the home environment. In, in particular, it rules how we feel in our home environment, the security that we feel, the stability that we feel, and the earthy material items that make us feel at home and that make us feel really comfortable. Taurians often really lean towards things that feel luxurious, that feel really embodied to them, right? That really hold the essence of energy of what they believe in. So that's a very Taurus type of energy. There are many planets here, but the big two ones, you're going to have Mars in particular right now on August 17th. We are going to have Mars in Taurus that is also conjuncting Uranus. And we also have the South Node here. So those are two placements. Uranus is one of the outer planets that is going to rule major change. It's going to rule sudden change, right? And I was listening to a podcast called The Visionary Activist Show with Caroline Casey, who talks a lot about um, political events and how the astrological uh, alignments and placements that were taking place at that time actually really indicated that this certain event was going to happen, right? You can actually go back in history and, and see what was happening and be able to say, wow, Uranus was in conjunct with, with Saturn, right? Or in conjunct with, with Jupiter at this time. So that's why there was this major radical change in the way we understood financial um, abundance or systems. And so we have Uranus that is conjuncting the south node and that's happening for a pretty long time because those planets move and it's going to take quite a long time to, to actually keep moving because Pluto and Uranus actually move quite slowly. And so with Uranus conjuncting the south node in Taurus and today, August 17th, Mars conjuncting those planets as well. There's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of pull towards shaking up what we've known, right? Shaking up the patterns that we've found a lot of stability in. Shaking up the patterns that we maybe used for comfort and instead showing us a new way, showing us a new identity, showing us a new pattern that we can then align with that actually feels more authentic to ourselves. And so something that I also love is that I learned this from my teacher, Terry Morgan, who taught shamanic astrology to a group of people. I was one of those people and just loved to learn about shamanic astrology and bring that really energetic relationship out to people and connecting them to the cosmos and to the earth because that is really our, our most ancient connection. And so in that class, she actually spoke to all of the planets want to share their, their direct guidance. And this direct guidance actually wants you to be your most authentic, highest version of yourself. So in fact, 
the map of your life, which is your astrology, all of your placements, is essentially a map of how to live as your most highest self and your highest potential. And I feel that, you know, as we kind of have been more introduced to astrology on the internet and more information is out there, there's a little bit more of like a negative kind of connotation in terms of how we interpret the chart. Like, you know, you have Saturn in a certain house and so it's going to delay your relationships or it's going to delay your financial life. But actually these planets, right, the cosmos, nature, right, because all of the cosmos, all the stars and the planets and the asteroids and everything that's moving in this time and space is a part of nature so it's important that when we connect to nature we are connecting with all of it we aren't just connecting with you know the earth and it's and the things here but there's things that are happening in the cosmos that are also causing planetary changes on earth and so there's a really deep connection we are also innately connected because we are nature as well And so when I'm speaking about these energetic shifts, these transits, I am saying that we're all changing. Even Earth itself is going through a radical change in terms of how people honor her and how people see value in her because Taurus is a sign of of value, right? How we see value in ourself, our resources, our possessions. And so The earth is also going through radical change in terms of how people view the value of earth in themselves. So this question of what do I value within this earthly plane? How do I value earth? How do I value my connection to the elements and nature? A lot of people are going through a lot of questioning in their lives because we are moving towards a more authentic way of being with nature itself. So another point I want to talk about, we are now in the middle of August, which is insane, right? It's kind of the years flying by. If if that doesn't feel that way to you, you can have what I'm feeling (laughs) here, but it feels like it's just flying by. And I definitely feel that As we move out of Leo season, which is coming up very soon, and we're moving into Virgo season, which is the last earth sign in astrology, Virgo is really going to anchor in, again, these major changes, right? Virgo is the sign and the energy of change. It's going to want to change things up, make systems more efficient. It's going to analyze and observe things, and it's going to make the necessary changes and discernment it needs in order for us to really rise together and strengthen our connection with nature and ourselves and our bodies and with the people in our lives and the environment in our lives. And so there's going to be a lot of major change coming, especially within this next month of Virgo, because Virgo is going to move a lot of energy, right? It's a mutable sign. So there's going to be a lot of kind of energy moving. And within August, it's a fixed Leo sign. Um, It's in a fixed sign. So it's kind of going to keep that energy a little bit more stable. 
Whereas when we go into Virgo season, which is going to be the end of August, going into September, we are really going to start feeling that Virgo, uh, that Virgo energy. And so one health wellness thing I really want to anchor in here, especially for Virgo, is needing to take care of your nervous system. And this wouldn't be my podcast if I didn't create a blend of astrology, energetics, and health, right? Because I am all about all of those things. And so and so my suggestion now before we go into Virgo season is if you haven't really paid attention to how your nervous system is doing, because essentially our nervous system is going to be allowing us to do everything, right? It's kind of the backbone, the software, uh, the hardware and the software that's going to, and it's essentially the hardware that's going to allow us to live out our daily lives. And so taking care of our nervous system, especially going into Virgo season, is extremely important nowadays. So I highly recommend breathing techniques, working with someone who is a breath worker, I've been recently leading people through breath work as well, which has been an incredible, incredible journey. Highly recommend that. So some other things that you can do is working with essential oils, getting acupuncture, which, which is an amazing like six house thing. And, and essentially taking care of yourself, right? Making sure your diet is, is working well for you, sitting well with you, making your digestion feel good, and things that you eat should actually feel good in your body, right? It should give you good energy. It should give you um, enough chi and energy to go about your day. If you're eating something that doesn't feel light, doesn't feel necessarily good in your body, it's, it's time, especially in Virgo season, to take a look at those things and cut away things that are not serving you. Virgo is also a really great time at... Uh, Virgo season is definitely a good time to reassess your diet, reassess routine, making sure you anchor in into what it means to do something daily and have it be really stable, right? Because it again, it's still an earthy energy. Oftentimes, I tap into energy before it happens collectively. This is something I've known for a really long time and I'm in that energy now where I'm working at the clinic at my school for you know eight hours a day and I'm very very regimented in the mornings and I have my breakfast at a certain time so that is the like the energy of Virgo that you are on a set schedule and things are going to work very efficiently for you because you've set it that way you've kind of prioritized things you've time managed you made sure that okay whatever doesn't fit in this day just it's not going to fit and I'm going to do it another day and really and be really being intentional about how we're building our days, what we're doing each day and living like that. So it provides this really strong foundation for your health and for everything else. And so I want to thank you so much again for joining me here. It's been a long time since I've done a episode. And so I'm so excited to share this next episode with you guys and to bring on Kyle Lamb. Enjoy! Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Soul Authentic Podcast. I'm Lynn, the host and creator of Soul Authentic, and I have a very special guest with you today, someone that is deeply inspiring, that is doing so much in the community, and 
I'm so excited to just bring him on today. A little bit about our guest. His name is Kyle Lamb. He is a sound practitioner whose roots stem in his musical background of performing chamber and classical compositions. He discovered the world of sound healing back in 2015 through his practice of kundalini yoga, which helped connect him to the sound of the gong and the impact that it had on the physical body and the subconscious mind. He now is facilitating a variety of sound healing events related um, in the local communities, guiding participants through musical meditative journeys that look so magical. I'm so excited to go to one. And he's really bringing the medicinal benefits of sound therapy to so many people in his community. His goal is to help align and bring people together moreover to raise the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health of our community. Without further ado, thank you, Kyle Lamb, for coming on today, joining me. Thank you, Lynn, for inviting me, and it's an honor to be here and share my story uh, with the world. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Of course, and this is what Authentic is about. Truly, it's, you know, this new vibration of people being so attuned with their soul calling, with their mission, their vision of inspiring others to being of service. And when I saw you speak on the Sound Healing Summit, Immediately, I was so tuned into you and, and so connected to your mission because, you know, not only do I resonate with you being also another Asian American, but just being in the sound healing space is, is so special and, and healing in this, the, these new frequency ways that people are resonating with so deeply. So I want to ask you and just like bring you into this, into the stage of, you know, how did you begin your journey of sound healing? How did that all start for you? Well, one thing I always like to say is that um, I really don't believe I chose sound healing. I really believe mm. sound healing chose me and it channeled for me to become very good at it and make it part of my mission. But a long time ago when I was a child, I was a musician. So I played piano for 10 years. I was in symphony orchestra and a marching band. I played clarinet for eight years, um, and I sang in junior master craft for two years too. So, mm -hmm. I have always loved performing music, and I primarily did a lot of classical composition um, when I was younger too, as well. What was interesting is that at the time when I was learning music, um, as a child, I didn't really appreciate it as much, and so. I never really fully embodied what like music really meant to me until I got older, right? So after after I finished high school, when I went to college, um, I actually didn't play any music at all until I started doing sound healing too. Mm. However, I've always been a huge music fan, right? So I've been going to concerts since I was 15, um, different kind of concerts too, rock concerts, metal concerts, you know, I've been to a lot of electronic music festivals too as well. So I've always had an appreciation for music. More importantly, I've had an appreciation for the story behind the music too. Mm -hmm. um, I come from a very small country town, so I also do listen to a lot of uh, folk and country music. And the beautiful thing about it is always that it, there's a story to tell about what you're going through, what your life was like, or what you want your life to be like too as well. Mm -hmm. So this essence of storytelling 
in songs have always been very meaningful to me and always helped me to connect deeper to my heart, helped me to understand the world around me and to build better relations with the people that I have. Mm-hmm. Around 2014-15, um, I began my spiritual journey, so to speak. Um, I had little dabbles in it before then. I was in a novice monk uh training so to speak at a buddhist temple um over here in la and i dabbled into like meditation and dharma talk too so that was like the start of what of like my spiritual journey but it didn't really fully mm-hmm. blossom until 2014 and that was really when i discovered kundalini yoga so mm-hmm. if anyone is unfamiliar with kundalini yoga they call it the yoga of awareness too um and it's less about having different postures and movements, but more about connecting your breath with certain postures and also channeling the energy uh, from the base of your spine through your energy centers um, and up to the crown too. Now, Kundalini Yoga is very synonymous with the gong. So they play the gong at the end of every Kundalini class. So as my practice in Kundalini Yoga developed, so did my love for the gong. And there was certain kind of intensity about the gong that I really resonated with, but also the spectrum of sounds that the gong created was very fascinating to me. So I remembered a short time after that, I did a four hour gong workshop. So I was basically immersed in the sounds of the gong for four hours. And that's when it really, that's when it really like blossomed out like i love this instrument i want to know more about it i want to own one Mm. and around that time i was dabbling in other different modalities too um breath work eft just to name a few and of course going going to sound baths right and i remember i enjoyed going to sound baths because one is there were a chance for me to really relax and not have to do a lot of work work, so to speak, like in yeah. yoga or in breath work or anything else. Right? It was a good chance for me just to fall into a deep meditation state and you know see what kind of happens. What I discovered from my own experience was that there was a lot of emotional work that I was performing during the sound bath experience. Um, mm-hmm. And it got to it really allowed me to explore more of the depths of who I was and what I was going through. So I really wanted to explore that more on my own. So at the time when I was doing a lot of, when I was being a part of, when I was going to a lot of events too, what I love doing is Mm -hmm. being of service to those facilitators. Um, So I would offer to be, you know, to volunteer to help out with, you know, their events, do their check-in or, or load-in, whatever stuff. So I ended up connecting with two very notable sound healers um, in the LA area. Um, one, her name was Anna Canal. She does a lot of amazing sound baths in West LA. And another was Anna Kevinar, who was an astrologist and sound healer at Wanderlust Studio in Hollywood. So I was part of their team, um, just kind of helping them with load and check-in, and they eventually inspired me to get my own set of crystal bowls and gong um, and play, and then play with them for a little bit as well. And that was kind of like somewhat of a mentorship, so to speak. It wasn't anything like an official. Um, it was just a chance for me to be a part of the community, to 
you know, engage more with community too as well. And just to begin to explore what my connection to sound healing was as a practitioner, not just as a participant. So from there, I decided to branch out and do my own. And when I first started doing it, I really had no intention on doing it full time at all. It was just something fun, like a side little gig, right? Mm -hmm. So I remember I did my first sound bath uh, in Brentwood and the second one in Venice. And if you're in LA or you know about LA, LA is very strong, has a very strong conscious community, right? Every other person you meet is some sort of healer, practitioner, and it's beautiful too. But I realized that my place in sound healing wasn't in LA uh, because of that too. I wanted to bring more of that and be to explore that um, in the areas that don't have the opportunities or resources um, to engage in conscious work like this. So at the time I was living in Whittier, which is a neighborhood in East LA. And I decided to start doing sound baths there. So I found this small little studio called Greenleaf Yoga. And maybe I had like three to five people in my sound bath in the beginning. And it was just fun for me. You know, it was very nerve wracking at first because like anything you do for your first time, it's a little bit nervous. But I really enjoyed it because I was able to convey my experience in sound um, and also to experience what other people were going through too as well. What's interesting is that I didn't really find this correlation to my musical background to sound healing um, until I started doing these sound baths weekly at this crystal shop in Whittier. And I was doing it there more weekly. Uh, one is because the owner wanted it to, um, but two is I saw an opportunity to really learn about the community and primarily learn about this community. So in Whittier, it's primarily Hispanics. Um, and so there was a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of understanding about what meditation is, uh, what mindfulness is, um, what, what, what even it means to embrace your emotions. So it was a good opportunity for me to really share this modality, but also introduce this new world of like conscious work to this community. And that's when I really began to experiment with the sound too as well. Um, so every week I would have a different theme. I would have a different, um, not really setup, but sequence that I would play um, to, induce, to induce different kinds of emotional responses too as well. So I did that for about a year and a half and really got to tune into what my artistry is in sound healing. Um, then about four or five years ago, I moved down here to Orange County, which is now where I'm based. And that's when my business and my ability to craft these amazing experiences really grew. Because I had more opportunities, I had more resources coming into as well. And so now here I am, I do about 10 to 12 events a month, um, we do trainings for people who are new to sound healing, who want to learn about it. Um, we also do advanced trainings for those who want to evolve their craft and sound. And, you know, our whole, my whole mission objective in sound healing too, is to really bring 
an understanding of the practicality of sound. Right? It's very easy, I think, for a lot of people to dive into new age language that may be very comfortable with them and their understanding of it, but it's very foreign to the general public. So our sound baths that we create are really meant to serve the general public uh, that can enhance not only someone who is well-versed in their meditation practice or, or really well experienced in going to sound baths, but also people who are not only brand new to sound baths, but brand new to the even concept of meditation and mindfulness too. Mm-hmm. And so now here we are. So that's like a short summary. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And thank you so much for just diving into all of that. It sounds like, just like what you said in the beginning is sound healing found you, you know, like I almost feel like you were drawn to it and attracted to it and it just clicked. And I think, you know, you being the person going to these sound baths and kind of exploring different modalities, you were just being open to it, right? And now I, I almost see the evolution of you being the, the facilitator of sound healing and then also bringing people in who were maybe in a similar place than you years ago right? Kind of just like open to sound healing, open to all these different modalities and just seeing what was going to happen, relaxing, you know, experiencing something that was different from their everyday life of, you know, working and, you know, having all these responsibilities and things going on. So I love hearing about the evolution of your journey because I think that's so important for people to, to understand. Like sometimes we hear stories about people who you know, they have like a sudden event and then they're like, you know, they, they're really successful in their business, but really it sounds like it's just this kind of experimenting and just like following your joy, following your interests, following what like is calling you. And it sounds like sound mm-hmm. healing was that. And it's also amazing how your past and like all of the musical background that you had weaved into that because you begin to kind of see how you get to craft and you get to kind of share music in this new way with people. And I love that. I love, I love seeing kind of the integration of that as well. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's what I've, what I've learned one as I do more of this work and I meet more practitioners too, is that, um, we all, I think people who are very successful in their craft, especially in conscious work, are very humble about their beginnings um, and understand that it's a journey, right? And it's a marathon, not necessarily a sprint, too. And mm-hmm. for those of us who are well-versed in our craft, you know, I think that's why we get very inspired of our own when we have people that are brand new to our work and come in and have a really transformed experience too, because it it reflects us of what we went through too, you know? And Mm -hmm. I come from, I come from a, a, um, a somewhat traditional 
Asian family too. So my mother was an immigrant from um, China, actually. So she was born in Beijing. My dad was born in Hong Kong. So they both immigrated to this country too. Um, my parents did split up when I was two. So I, I mostly speak about my mother just because I, I know more about her story. And I grew up with her too. But, you know, my mother was a very traditional Chinese immigrant. Came here with only $30 in the pocket. She always liked to mm-hmm. share that story, which is really funny whenever, I talk with, whenever she's talked about it with anyone. Um, but, you know, she worked really hard. You know, she went to medical school here. She ended up becoming a professor of sciences at community colleges uh, and then worked her way up to department chair. Now she's the dean of the college here in Orange County, too. So she's lived that American dream, but also embodied that work ethic that our, mm-hmm. you know, our parents and their generation went through. So mm-hmm. her mindset has always been to essentially climb this ladder. Right, whether it's like a corporate ladder or a, a, whatever ladder it is to like, you know, reach to where you are and to work really hard and diligently in something that could provide for your family, right? Primarily either something finance, legal, right, mm-hmm. or, or something like that too as well. At the same time, my mother being, having the type of career that she did revol- has works around a wide variety of people from different backgrounds, from different cultures, from different religions too as well. So there was more of an understanding in our family when we wanted to do something on our own that was different than what society has. So it's always kind of been this little blend of both, right? So I actually studied accounting when I was in college um, and I was an accountant for four years. So I worked in different industries in hospitality, in healthcare, in real estate too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for a lot of people in, in college too, they have no idea what they want to do. So they just That's they true. just pick something, right? Yeah. Um, around my mid-20s, I decided that accounting wasn't for me and I wanted to do a career change. And I wanted to do something that was more impactful to the community too. You know, my last job in accounting was at a hospital. And so I thought, this is great. I'm part of an institution, right, that does serve the community, provides direct health care, right? And its goal is for the betterment um, of our community, right? But then I realized that it's not really the institution that I'm I'm happy with. It's the type of work that I'm unhappy with, too, as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I have nothing against accounting, but it just requires you to work almost 60 hours a week in front of a computer um, right. with very little connection to people, right? And me, that's what I value the most. And that's what I'm really good at is connecting with people, engaging with people, right? Mm-hmm. Supporting people directly with my words, my actions. So I decided to actually quit my job uh, and go to medical school, right? Which is a complete 180. And yeah. around that time too, I decided to do SAP. That's when I decided to like start doing sound baths. And again, sound baths to me was always a side project, right? It was never something that I had full intentions on going into. It was just something that I had fun doing and that eventually it, you know, allowed me to make a little bit of money out of it and have some resources. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is that up until recently, actually, my energy and sound healing has always been like 60, 70%, right? Not a hundred forty percent because I always had this other goal to go to medical school because to me, go, being the doctor 
was a way for me to directly impact the community, right? Mm -hmm. I could work with patients. I have control. I have more, I have a little more control about the type of treatments that I do, yeah. right? Because a lot of people get their health information from their doctors. You're mm -hmm. a very you're you're an important source of information, right. right? So you want to make sure the information you're conveying is good, and people will trust you to actually do it. So all those things that I wanted in medical school through becoming a doctor, I sought out with, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is that as my business grew. All those intentions behind going to medical school got fulfilled, right? So I was working with people. I was serving community, right? I was directly inf impacting uh, their well-being and their transformation. Right. Um, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally too, right? It's something that I don't think a lot of doctors realize that they have it, but beyond taking care of the body, right? You can also treat someone's heart and spirit too by mm -hmm. treating the body too as well so i found all those things i was looking for in medical school um, in sound healing and so it's actually recently only a couple weeks ago that i decided to stop my desire to go to medical school that's a different story from a different time <laughs> um and go full in into sound healing too as well wow that's incredible and i want to say congrats because that's a big shift and what I'm feeling from that is really kind of unplugging from the old way of looking at a career you know the old way of you know, even the ways that our you know our parents had to uh, survive and and make it here in America because I also have a very similar story where both my parents know immigrated from Vietnam and and kind of started with nothing here and and worked their way up in order to to provide for their family and for themselves and so it's really a, a beautiful opportunity and privilege for us to be able to explore these new modalities and these new ways of healing it, it doesn't have to be in these old old ways of, of thinking and, and the kind of the set expectations or the boxes that we have to be put in right it's really common for asian right. americans to be like told you have to be a nurse or you have to be a doctor or you be a lawyer be something that's really stable and is consistent and there's no there's a linear path and what i'm hearing from you is you really took this spiral path this path that you followed your your spark and that's really important. And I feel like that's also a key part of authenticity and what I feel that that word is holding in that you were following what was, was true to you. And I think deep down that was there. And now that's like kind of fully come into realization for you. It was like, this is the medicine that you're meant to bring. And, and actually you're essentially just like a channel for it. Like it's really coming through you okay. and you were the kind of the right, the right being for that, right? With your musical background and the different things that you were kind of following um, in the in the past, and so I love that you spoke onto all those things and also spoke about your your cultural background as well and how that influences the work that you're doing and your work ethic. Because I think that so much more nowadays our ancestry, you know, our generational 
talents and and our traumas are passed down through us and it's a really about kind of being able to hold that and and harness that and and using that to you know be of service to not only our communities but to our family and to ourselves so i love that you're really bringing all of those all of those things together and what you're doing who you are now i think that's a, a really amazing thing yeah yeah so thank you you know I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have my mother because of her understanding, right? Mm. At the same time, too, you know, there has been some struggles too as well, right? It wasn't just like, oh, yeah, sure, go, go do whatever you want, you know, go have right. fun. I support it too as well. When I went, to, when, I, when I started to go to medical school too, you know, my mother was very supportive. One is because it's, a, it's another route <laughs> that yeah. she really encouraged and it's a route that she took too. You know, so she really encouraged it too. And she not only believed that I could do it, but she be- not she not only believed I could do it academically, but she also believed that I could do it because I have the willingness mm-hmm. to do that kind of work. Right. Um, so at the same time too, because she's ingrained this work ethic of like working really hard too, I think that's one of the reasons why I love what I do and I'm very successful with what I do is I, I combine both. Right? Like I have mm-hmm. this awareness that this is meant for me, this is channeling through me, that I have to, mm-hmm. you know, overcome the fears of breaking apart from societal norms and even right. parental perception, parental expectations about what I should be doing, mm-hmm. but also combine that with what kind of skills um, and talents that my parents and my mother bestowed upon me, that work ethic, that drive, mm-hmm. thinking outside the box as well. So it's been a beautiful sort of like blending both yeah. essentially like traditional Asian men- my mindsets with modern American culture. Mm, yeah, I love that so much. I think that just in Asian culture itself, you know, the hardworking ethic is definitely there, but then also the community kind of collective mindset as well. Like what's great for the community? How can we all benefit together in this? And I feel, I feel like you're really bringing that in the offerings that you're, you're sharing. And, and I, I, I love that because I think so many of us kind of feel a little bit like scattered, right? Like we have this going on and this going on. It's kind of difficult to integrate all of those into one and kind of breaking past the fear of 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 doing that right it also sounds like to me you had a lot of mentors not only your mom who is so amazing to be like be inspiring you in that path but also these you know these different women that you worked with in sound healing so how important is it for people to to find to find somebody that can kind of guide them or to to be immersed in like that type of community if they are interested in in being called yeah well you know my my desire for mentors and connections first of all it it stems from being an only child right Mm -hmm. so i i I never had any kind of students around me so i've always had this desire to have a lot of people around me too as well but what i understand is the reason why i love I love having people around me and I love engaging with a lot of people is because I love to hear stories. Yes. I love to hear stories about how people, how they grew up, what their 
what their percept what their perceptions are mm -hmm. what their opinions and mindset is because it helps me to be able to not only create my own but to really integrate what i truly believe into as well mm -hmm. so i've always sought out like different unique perspectives on things so that's always been an asset of mine too as well yeah you know with my mentors it's always been mostly female mentors um so it wasn't only until recently that i've been taking out more like male mentors too as well mm -hmm. but i've always had a very under deep understanding of the feminine energy so it was very easy it was a lot easier for me to connect with women too as well what i realized and men in having these mentors one is that i always tell myself there are many things that i don't know right there are a lot of things i do know there are a lot of things that i don't know and there's a lot of things that i don't i'm not even aware about that i do know Right, that I know that I don't know too as well. So I think I've always sought that out to like learn more and gain more too as well. You know, with these with these two with these two women that I had the opportunity to connect with too, um I don't even believe I actually really sought out mentorship. I just wanted mm -hmm. to be I just wanted to be of service. I just wanted yeah. to help them too as well. And I think from there, it translated into receiving mentorship from them too. And it wasn't anything mm -hmm. like official mentorship, like right. uh, like something that we did an exchange of too as well. It was just us being friends mm -hmm. and sharing together too as well, you know? Yeah. So I think this, this you know, when, when anyone is, when anyone is seeking something too as well, right? A lot of times when you place yourself in service, you'll get it and you'll get it regardless. Mm -hmm. um, but I think mentorship is really important because, again, there's a lot of things that you don't know. And there are a lot of things that people are really better at too, as well. It's like it's like even everyday home, right? Like you're not going to learn mm -hmm. to fix your entire house. Right, you're going to hire people who know how to fix your house because they do better. Right. So if you want to get some, if you want to, if you want to become better at something, a better at something, and you know someone that can teach you that too as well, mm -hmm. you should. Right, you have mm -hmm. the opportunity to, and it's worth the investment, even if it's money, time, mm -hmm. physical effort too. If you feel it's something that it's valuable for you too, then it's worth that exchange for that investment. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for, for speaking into that. You know, if someone was looking to begin their journey of sound healing or doing any modality, um, so you would recommend just like immersing yourself and, and just being around different people who are in that space already to just share with you things that you don't know. I think that's a really beautiful thing and how it sounds like how you also begun your journey as well. Just exploring experimenting being a part of the community that was holding those events so yeah thank you so much mm -hmm. yeah i wanted I mean, to speak on yeah. no go ahead no i was just gonna say that I'm, I'm thinking about it right now too you know i think that's what i have a lot of people who want to like volunteer for my events to help out and stuff right now too and now that I think about it, like that, I think that's also why I really value people that also help me and want to learn from me too, but first to want to engage and be a part of the event too, because that's mm -hmm. how I started too as well. Yeah. 
So now it's giving me a chance to, you know, share, to offer what has been offered to me to other yeah. people too as well. You know, I have a lot of people come and I just, you know, I just talk with them too. I, I teach them things. I, I share my mindset about things too as well. I give them opportunities to work with the instruments too. And mm-hmm. I've seen if some of my students come with me too, like they're inspired by it. They just want to be a part of it too. And then, you know, yeah. now they're beginning their own sound bath journey. And it's like, wow, it's like a mirror reflection. That's amazing. And you're just continuing yeah. that cycle of, of being of service and giving and then that continues to like create this ripple effect right that's amazing and that Mm -hmm. brings me to my next point of you know as i'm really tuning into you and the work that you're doing it's all community-based i mean most of it i feel like you're really centered around connecting people together bringing community together i want to ask you why is it so necessary for a community to come together now well, I think a community has always been important, right? We're mm-hmm. we're social creatures in the end, biologically, right? So we we thrive more. Yeah. We 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 thrive when we're in community and we work with each other. Um, not to say that independence, right, is not necessary too. It's an important factor of it too. But mm-hmm. it's going back to the understanding of what I said earlier is that there's some things that you're just not really good at and other people are too as well. Mm-hmm. So if you can connect them with people who can help support and elevate you in the areas that you may not be well versed in as other parts, right? That will only help to bring you up and in turn bring other people up too. One of the reasons why I initially wanted to go to medical school was because I believe that in order to have a healthy, prosperous community, you first need to have healthy, prosperous individuals, right? Mm. So our events are very community-oriented, right? They're opportunities to come, to engage, to meet new people who are like-minded, who have the same understanding as you two as well. But it's also a safe place for you to come on your own and do whatever work that you need to do. And if you want to engage, stay and engage, you can. If not, it's totally okay. So it's this safe environment for whatever your intention is on being there too as well Mm -hmm. um but i think these days especially uh i think especially here in america you know in america too where we pride ourselves in our diversity right right? and that's what makes our country beautiful i mean you know look at us like we have traditional asian parents but we grew up here in the west so we have this ability to like embody both parts Yes. Like the best of both worlds, so to speak, right, mm. too. So this, like, fusion of, like, understanding is really important to me, and I think that's what makes unique individuals, too. Mm. So, you know, in America, we're really, we're really diverse, too. So if we have more opportunities to understand about diversity, to engage with people from different cultures and backgrounds, too, as well, that will not only help us to understand and relate to other people better, but again, mm-hmm. it will help us to really strengthen our own foundations of who we are too as well. So that's why I see the value in like bringing community together is to really synchronize and harmonize all this different uniqueness mm-hmm. um, into one, right? Yeah, I, I love that. And being able to kind of embrace the diversity, the melting pot that our communities are here. And, you know, it's interesting because I just moved back from Costa Rica, which was a whole melting pot of 
different people from all around the world, but also healers and, and therapists, like every single person that you met was, was doing some sort of healing modality there. <laughs> and I had, I really felt this calling of, well, you know, there's so much of that here that needs to be brought to the States. You know, this is kind of yeah. where I'm from. And, and, and there's so much of the communities here that really need that space, that sacred healing space to be held for them so that they can go there and just have a moment of peace and have a moment to connect with other like-minded individuals, like just like you're saying, and to be inspired, right? I'm sure people look at you and see you and they're like, I want to do what he's doing. He is so tuned into his mission, his path, even if it's not sound healing, but you're maybe inspiring them to, to find their unique calling. And that is a very yeah. beautiful thing. And yeah. I, and I almost feel what? like that's the most important thing, right? For people to just <laughs> right. really tune in to their, to their true calling. Yes. Uh, no doubt. Authenticity, authentic, being, 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 uh, embracing your authenticity, um, mm -hmm. will help you to connect more with people who are authentic, but also to obviously attract more things that are, that are tied to authenticity. Yeah. One of the, one of the statements that I really value that I was told, um, which is what inspired me to do sound healing was that if you can't find your community, create one. Mm. Right. And that's really part of the story about how I transitioned from the, like LA to Orange County too, because I think the reason why I love hosting events too as well, because I love to create, I'm, I love creating a new community around me too as well. Not only in different, mm. the, the different cities that I do it in, the different counties too as well, but for my own self too, to, to look out, to look for more people that I can truly relate to. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, when I was, when I started doing a lot of spiritual work, so to speak, there were many things that I really aligned with too as well, but there were also a lot of things that I really didn't align with too, right? Like stuff like that's like really new agey that I really just didn't embody a lot too as well. Not because I had anything against it. It's just, I didn't really see any value in it. Right. Um, and at the time I had different core group of friends, you know, I had some friends who were well-versed in the, in the conscious community. Um, really integrated, right? I had friends who are like my corporate Asian friends who go to Burning Man, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and then I had like other like subgroups too as well. And what I realized mm -hmm. for myself is that I would always, I had a different intention each time I was with these groups, right? One group I would connect with, one group I would release my energy with too as well. And it really it was it was exhausting for me to always try to be some not try to be someone else but only bring out certain parts of me right yeah. in in these groups too as well because you know i couldn't talk about like the stuff that i do when i go out and party and have fun with my with the conscious community because you know they have their own opinions against it and vice versa right. too a lot of my a lot of my, you know, like my corporate Asian friends too, like when I talk about like emotional intelligence or bring about stuff that's like really deep emotional, they're like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't even want to go. Like, what is this? You know, they're, they're, ter <laughs> they're terrified of it. Right? Yeah. I remember I had, I had, I had, I had one friend, we, we ended up, we had a, like a nice conversation and it, it led to like, where it got like, talk about like emotions and some old traumas. And she was like, mm -hmm. then she stopped it right there. 
this. I can't do this. And I remember that that was a big pivotal point to me. And I was like, right. oh my God, like we were, we were getting there, but there are some people that are just not ready yet. And it was hard for me to become, it was hard for me to be more of myself in the process, right? right. So now what I'm seeing is too, there are more and more people who are creating their own gatherings right mm-hmm. creating their own workshops too as well even if it's just small intimate like three to five people too and it's beautiful because if you're unable to really integrate into community that you found right yeah. then create your own seek mm-hmm. out what you want to as well i think there's a lot more power in trying to create your own community than to be a part of one too as well and in these days the technology is there for i mean we have meetup.com right. Right. You know, where you can create your own organization or club, whatever, and find people that do it. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful. So there's always an opportunity to not only find your community, but if you can, then create one. Mm, I love that so much. And that resonates with me so deeply because I've always felt like kind of the black sheep in, in most groups that I've hung out with. And I've kind of balanced between many groups and yeah, it's 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 that it makes a lot of sense for you to be able to just be creative and create a space for other people who resonate with you and what what you feel inside and, and the conversations you want to have. I think that's really empowering to say and that there's everything that you need, like it's all accessible now for you to just create your own community. Uh, even more than before. So I love that so much and and also love hearing how you're just this master integrator. Like it really sounds like you've taken all these different parts, but you've you've looked at them and it's probably taking you some chat like challenges and some some trials of tribulations to like, well, no, let me get to the core of who I really am and, and create a space where not only I can come and relax and feel comfortable and and do what I love, but also bring other people in that space. So I think that's really beautiful. And that kind of brings me to my next point of the fusion of the divine masculine and the feminine, because, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a podcast <laughs> episode if I didn't dive deeply into spirituality um, with yeah. my different guests, because I think right now with the feminine rising, it is also really important for the divine masculine to rise, you know, the one and the energy that creates the spaces for people to come and to feel comfortable to be themselves, right? To really hold the structure and to and to provide that for people. So I would love for you to speak onto this and your experience of integrating the divine masculine because I think there's not that many people speaking about it very openly, if not you know, I feel like the groups are kind of more intimate or more private, or it's kind of like a more deeper journey that you have to go on. But what has been your experience in opening that and holding that? Because I know you you hold like sacred uh, masculine circles and things like that. So I just want to dive into this with you. Sure. Yeah. So this is this is why I always tell everyone uh, in my med circles, right? Um, first of all, we all know we're in the age of the feminine, right? We, we're already in it too as well. We see women rising to new heights that 
that are deserving of truth well, and it's been long, long overdue, right? I have an appreciation and understanding of that because I grew up with a single mother, right? So my mother has not only been a mother figure, but like a father, a brother, a sister, an aunt, uncle. She's probably many of those two as well. So the most interesting thing about that is that my mother actually was my understanding of what the masculine energy was, right? Because she's so very strong-headed. However, with that, I didn't have a lot of strong masculine figures in my life growing up too. So I tell people that my mentor all the time, the reason why I do this is because I need more of it myself, right? And so it goes back to the training community thing that's like, you know, if one is, also another thing I learned is that if you really want to master something, right, you should share and teach it, right? So it's my own way of connecting more with my own divine masculine energy even more and helping other men bring out theirs too. So I know you love talking about the divine masculine and what we were talking about was the the sacred men's circles, right? Mm-hmm. And how have you kind of brought the the concept of the divine masculine and the divine feminine in, in your business and the work that you're doing? Uh, because I think that's a really important thing that people are learning is that you can actually, you can actually, you know, as, especially with the, the feminine energy, the divine feminine energy, you know, so many of us are learning how to build your life and build your businesses based off of your cycles. And I think it's also important to integrate the divine masculine with that too. And so how has been, how has that journey been for you in integrating both the masculine and the feminine within your business? Yeah. You know, what I, what I always, so yes, I do do men's circles. And, you know, the one thing that I always share with men, so that's really funny, is that, you know, the reason why I think this work is really important is mostly because I believe I need a little bit of too as well, right? Yeah. And I always mention, you know, in my men's circles, like, you know, we're not here to, like, teach you anything about mm. divine masculinity um, or what it is to be, like, a, a conscious man, so to speak. Really, what I believe being a conscious of divine masculine is your own definition of what it is, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, we can talk about the different archetypes that there are in divine masculinity, too. But in the end, it's still kind of in its own discovery mode, right? Women these days have so much opportunities to learn more about their own unique divine feminine energies, right? We have sisterhoods, we have wound healings, we have yoni circles, all sorts of these beautiful things where women are discovering more about what it is to not only be a woman in today's world, but Mm -hmm. what kind of woman that they are within, right? And so what I realized is that men need that too, right? As we're diving deeper into this age of the feminine, as the evolution of women is really being projected really beautifully too, there also needs to be an evolution of the divine masculine, not only to meet with women to be mm-hmm. on the same level as them so they could both raise up each other. Mm-hmm. Also, of course, to also help elevate the women a little bit, uh, like not a little bit, but higher too as well because it's the time to thrive and grow mm-hmm. in today's society. But also to really discover what kind of man that you want to be, mm-hmm. right? So when we started doing these men's circles, really it was an opportunity for men just to come together and just share their stories, right? And what I always tell men is that, you know, look, regardless of your gender or sexual orientation, right, 
there are some things that only other men or the masculine energy can really understand more, right? As males, obviously, we have a different way of thinking, right? We mm -hmm. have a different way of projecting our energy. Even when we learn in Tantra too, you know, how our energy cycles between man and woman is very unique, right? Mm -hmm. So how we live our lives and how we think about how our lives work is radically different than how women is too. So yeah. even though we may have our wives, our girlfriends, our partners who can listen and understand us too, right? Sometimes there's things that they won't be able to fully grasp and truly understand unless they're another man too. So these men's yeah. circles were really a, a way for men to come together, share their stories, and just listen and receive. And what, what I noticed is that most, most men think they're alone in what they go through. Right, which I think a lot of people do too. Right, we yeah, think that say, our everyone <laughs> have our unique for our, yeah. our unique lives, right? Yeah. But men, especially, because there's mm -hmm. there's nothing basically, except now there's like small things, right? But there's virtually yeah. almost like very little kinds of information or support that says, "Hey, like this is what a man goes through." Besides yeah. the typical like stuff that society tells us of what what men go through, right? Mm -hmm. And this role that men have doesn't fit like this role this role that we've been we've learned and how men should be in the past doesn't fit with how today's with, with today's society right? right not only the men's role um you know in society but their role in their profession in the in the workplace their role in the family and their role mm -hmm. as a husband and a father too in whatever regard that is right it's right. totally different and it's not just one set too. So there needs to be more of this discovery for men right. to really have a lot of trial and error to kind of find out what it is to be a man these days too, right? Now that's mm -hmm. just from like the men's side too. Then there's the divine masculine side, which my opinion, a divine masculine is one that supports, protects and elevates, right? A divine masculine man has the courage to embrace their feminine side, right? Mm. A divine man uses their feminine energy to support his masculine energy and vice versa. And this is something that I talk about, you know, in our men's circles. One thing, the one word I don't like that we use sometimes is this word balancing, right? We're trying to balance out our masculine feminine energy. And I, I don't really believe in that word because everyone has unique blends of right. masculine and feminine energy inside of them too. So there's no real way to kind of really equalize the two, so to speak. What I try to tell people to do is instead of trying to equalize it, use one to serve the other, to harmonize it, right? And this is something that was taught to me by someone else too as well, which I really believe is that when we are able to use our masculine energy to elevate and support our feminine energy and vice versa too, then we can achieve harmonic balance within us. Then we can truly become neutral in our hearts mm -hmm. and be able to be more authentic in who we are and not sway from one side to the other. You know, me, for example, I, I for sure have much more, way more masculine energy than I do in feminine energy, right? 
my partner right now, he's a male, he has more feminine energy than he does masculine energy. So we complement each other really well. At the same time too, though, you know, the reason why I'm able to become, to do what I do so well and to serve other people is because I embrace my feminine side mm. in my masculine work, right? But I also embrace my masculine work to help me to have more, to have more courage to bring out my feminine side too as well. Mm. And that's reflective in the space that I create too. Yes, because I do have a lot more mass energy, my experiences in sound bath especially are a lot more different than other women's, right? Because right. they're really meant for you to have a safe, grounded, protective container for you to do the work too. So, you know, mm -hmm. one thing I tell all the men that I work with, like I think in my opinion, to be a divine man is to be of support for the evolution and growth of other people while also having the courage to to define what that is for you too mm. right because our role really and even if you look at it from a historical standpoint too right our role has always been to protect and support right that will never change right. how we do it in today's world will, will change for sure right we're not we don't have to mm -hmm. elevate and support by working and providing, uh, providing, providing support for our family too. We can, you know, we can support our partners and our kids' spiritual and mental growth, mm -hmm. right? There are so many more opportunities for us to support other people, and I think that's what that's what is needed for men these days. Whew. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like you just shared so much wisdom and so much magic with, with us in that, in this whole conversation, but just sharing about the masculine energy is so nourishing to hear about because it's, it's necessary to hear it from people who have experience and actually like really dive into the integration of that with the feminine. I really believe yeah. And I love what you just said is actually harmonizing those energies. You know, in Chinese medicine, we talk a lot about harmonizing yin and yang, right? They're both interconnected. They both exist because the other exists, right? And so you can't really take one and then keep the other out. And it makes a lot of sense that you're holding these circles, right? A circle in itself is very feminine. And for you bringing a lot of masculine energy to cut together in a circle it helps to really soften that masculine energy and it creates this really safe space for people to just dive into their stories to tell you know these tell other people about their experiences of being you know being a man or being someone that has a lot of dominant masculine energy that has kind of been really misunderstood and misconstrued in our in our modern day. And so I love that you're speaking into this and creating that safe space for people because it's so necessary now for just the evolution of all of us together and to create a more safe, sustainable community, like global community that is, is here to really shift each other into more loving states and more states where we can lift each other and not like be competitive and dominate each other right because that's more of the toxic masculinity that we've kind of grown up with you know being implanted kind of being 
almost surrounded by and it's it's difficult to to almost separate yourself from that it takes a really conscious effort to to unravel those layers that really are not you and being in these circles can really help you tune into your essence so i love that you're speaking into this and what i'm feeling from that it's interesting because i've had different conversations with with men who tell me there's a lot of just forgiveness that they need to yeah. go through right a lot of just like forgiving themselves right the masculine energy itself is like is just desiring that i feel that in my body where i'm like there's just so much compassion forgiveness that the masculine needs for itself at this point because of all of the the historical events and things that have happened with the masculine energy and the feminine energy right and so thank you so much Kyle for just speaking into that because it's so important now for people to learn about you know that the masculine and the feminine energy exists within them and it's not this it's not this game of like trying to figure out how to balance one or the other. It's really integrating both of them in your life. And that's kind of the tantric way of living. And so thank you. Thank you for speaking onto that. Is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners, with the community about <laughs> you, your work? Yeah, well... You know, I, I know, I think you mentioned that, you know, a lot of your your podcast revolves around spirituality too. And one thing that I want to remind people is that it doesn't matter what level you are in your spirituality, whether you're brand new, whether you're really well experienced too, um, there's always opportunities for you to use parts of you that are not always so spiritual to enhance your spiritual and vice versa too as well yes. that's one thing that i mentioned in our men's circles too is most actually most of the men who come to my men's circles are like oh i'm i'm, I'm not i have no idea about spirituality i said you don't need to know anything about spirituality at all right right especially you know when it comes to this men's work too right it's not about being like a spiritual man so to speak it's about being a conscious man now i think conscious and spirituality also they sometimes get lost in translation with each other too as well but being a conscious man is just really becoming aware of what is really going on inside of you and mm. deciding what you're going to do with it too, right? And speaking about what you mentioned about, you know, that we're so used to being competitive too. I think for men, the best thing that you could do if you're unsure about what to do with your energy, with what you've been taught too, is you can still utilize the same things that you're taught, right? Like to be competitive, right? To have take action to support but do it in a different manner than how you were taught right because those are the mm. core values you have as a man it's important to be competitive too because that's how we achieve things too as well but you don't have to compete with other men you can compete with yourself right how can you up level yourself more right like you don't have to like you know just try to find like a wife and kid and support them too you can support your own evolution right mm. or you can support people around you too as well so there's always a chance for you to expand and evolve what you've been taught to into your own unique um, learning experience too as well. Mm. Um, otherwise, the only thing that I have to say is, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun being able to speak to you today too and share my story. And, um, you know, one thing that I love about my work, not just in men's circles, but in sound too, is that 
you really never know where the next opportunity for you to grow is into. And I think it's also important to not stay stagnant in your work too. I think for a lot of us who are in spiritual work too, it's very easy for us to get stagnant and bored of what we do, especially because it's our life's mission to reduce so much of it too as well. Um, and to always look for opportunities for you to expand and grow that too. You know, I'm in this next stage right now where I'm fully investing in my business, but I also realized that I can't just stick to sound healing and men's circles. Right? There has to be more to it, but there has to be a relation to it too. So there's always mm-hmm. opportunities for you to involve um, and to look out for it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Kyle. I can just listen to you speak, you know, like you're just so well-versed and you have so much wisdom to share. And so thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your magic and just expanding people with who you are, what you do and your vision. And where can people reach out to you or work with you if they're interested? Yeah. So if you're in Southern California, um, we do sound bath events pretty much every weekend, um, every week, I'm sorry. Uh, we're primarily based here in Orange County, but we also do events in, in the Empire and also every so often in LA. So mm-hmm. you can find more information about me, about my work, about my schedule through my website. It's www.kylelamsoundhealing.com. Um, I'm also very active on Instagram. It's at kylelamsoundhealing. And so if you ever have any interest in coming to our events, I would love to meet you. I'd love to connect with you guys too as well. Like I said, I also do training programs for anyone who is interested in learning about sound healing and whatever experience level that you are. And if you are a man, if you identify as a man, regardless of whatever your background is too as well, we would love to have you join in our men's circles too. Um, they're an opportunity for other men to connect together to elevate each other, to support, to share, and just to really know that you're not alone in what you go through and that we're here for you, brother. Mm, Thank you so, so much. I will share your information in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for joining, Kyle. It was such an amazing conversation (laughs) to, to just have you come on here, share your story, and be who you are. One more question for you before we come to a close. Yeah, sure. What does it mean to be so authentic to you? That's a that's a question I ask everyone. So, oh, good question. What does it mean <laughs> to be so authentic? Yes. Um, to be so authentic is to truly live from your heart. Mm. To answer the calling in your heart to go after what your heart wants and to really have the courage to do so as well, right? To really be authentic, to really embrace what your soul is, takes courage. Mm. So if you really want to be authentic, be courageous. Oh, perfect. And it's perfect because we're in Leo season. That's the, the perfect message. Yeah. So thank you <laughs> be proud so of much. Be Yes. Tune into that heart. That's, that's, that's the message. Thank you so much, everyone for joining us. Thank you, Kyle. And we will tune in with you in the next episode. Thank you all.